0: Gracious God, we thank you that we can gather here and at home. We thank you for your word that you've given to us, which is life, which is nourishment for our souls. We pray, Lord, that you give us your Holy Spirit today to help to understand, to feed us, to guide us, and to show us the living word, our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray these things in his name. Amen. So grab with me your Bibles or your devices. We're reading from uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 35, through to chapter 19, verse 10. Luke 18, 35. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging, and hearing a crowd going by, He inquired what this meant. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. He cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see Jesus. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be a guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded any anyone of anything, I will restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Since he also is a son of Abraham, the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Have you ever been lost? Have you ever been in need of, of rescuing or saving? Well, when I was two, I was lost in a shopping center. My mother and I went to Woolies to get some groceries and some other things. We, we then went to Kmart to get to get some women's clothing. My mother then proceeded to, to go back to the car, pack up the car, and she hopped in the car and drove home until she realized that I wasn't in the car seat. She left me in the shopping center, so she obviously panicked. And so I was lost. What do two-year-olds do when they're lost? Well, they cry out for their mums. My two-year-old often does that. Mummy, where's mummy? Well, I was eventually found wandering the women's department in Kmart, crying out for my mum. My mum evariously came back and collected me. Well, in today's passage, we meet two men, two men who are lost. They're in desperate need of being found. One man who is in desperate physical need, and the other is spiritually lost. Both these men were outcasts of society. And both were in desperate need of saving. But both in very different ways. And these two lost men, they have an encounter with Jesus. The first man, in the first part of the story, is a, he's a blind beggar. He's desperately oppressed by his physical condition and, and his social status. The second man is a rich scoundrel, Zacchaeus. He's rich and he is an oppressor. And in both stories, there are those that are present with Jesus who think that both of these men are undeserving of Jesus' time and attention. Because if you were poor and blind, God had cursed you or your family because of some sin. And as a tax collector, you are simply a traitor to your own people. But Jesus, in these stories, he's not concerned about any of that. He's not concerned about social status. He's not concerned about what the crowd think. But today, as we look at these two stories, I want to ask you a question. Who might you identify with in the story? Maybe it's the blind beggar. Maybe it's the oppressive, rich scoundrel. Or maybe you're one of the crowd. Maybe you're traveling with Jesus, looking on at others in disdain and judgment. But let's dive in. Firstly, to the blind beggar. So Jesus was with this crowd, and he was, he's actually on his way to Jerusalem for the Passover, there was a blind man on the side of the road. He was begging. He'd probably been blind from birth and been begging a long time. It's the only way he knows how to survive. He's dependent upon the kindness of others. He's in a desperate situation, but he strategically put himself here because he knows that, that this um, giving alms to the poor was a part of religious duty. So this, this pilgrim crowd that were, that were on their way to the Passover would probably give him money. And he'd probably heard about Jesus' teaching and his miracles, as as most people in Israel had at this point. Jesus had kicked up a real stir. And he asked, what's going on? And the others say, well, Jesus of Nazareth is coming. But it's really interesting what he does here. He desperately cries out. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The fact that he calls him son of David means that this man has grasped a deeper truth about Jesus, that he is the Messiah. He's the saviour, the promised king from David's descendant. He's not just some miracle worker, as some of the crowds probably perceived him to be. He's just Jesus from Nazareth that does all these miracles. And Luke tells us that Those that were with him, the crowd, they they rebuked him, this blind man. They said, be quiet. But this man's desperate. He knows something about Jesus is special. He knows that he is the Savior, and he ignores the crowd. And like the two-year-old in the shopping center, he cries out again, Son of David, have mercy on me. You see, the crowd is more concerned about Jesus, his miracles, maybe his teaching, they're probably more concerned about what they can receive from Jesus. They would rather turn a blind eye to this man, this man who is sort of socially insignificant and vulnerable. But Jesus doesn't. In verse 40, chapter 18, it says, Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped and said, bring him here. He goes out of his way to help this blind beggar whom the crowd want to ignore. I want to ask you the question, who do you identify with in this story? Is it the blind beggar? Or maybe one of the crowd? In the second story today, Jesus is coming into Jer- Jericho. And we meet another man, a rich man. He's in a desperate situation as well. His name's Zacchaeus. He was hated because he was a traitor to his own people. He was a tax collector on behalf of Rome. He'd most likely caused great suffering to his people, put them in poverty and and been complicit in their deaths. He wasn't just a tax collector. He was the, the boss. He was the chief tax collector over all the other tax collectors. So even if Zacchaeus is Jewish by birth, in the eyes of his own people, he'd forfeited the right to be in God's covenant plan of salvation. He's not just an outcast in society. He's an outcast of God's plan for salvation. But again, Jesus is desperate to see Jesus. We know this because he climbs up a tree. It's not a very dignified thing to do for a prominent man like Zacchaeus. But unlike the blind man, Zacchaeus, he's not concerned with a physical healing. His concern runs much deeper. Zacchaeus realizes, I think, there's something deeply wrong with his soul. Zacchaeus has probably reached a point in his life where he realizes he sold his soul to the devil. He's, and he's desperately trying to seek some sort of redemption. He probably was disowned by his own family. and, And he faced a profound emptiness. He probably felt lost in this world, like a sheep without a shepherd. Again, Jesus is not concerned with Zacchaeus' social status. He recognized that this powerful, despised, lost man needed to be saved, needed to be found. And Jesus looks at him and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to come and have lunch at your place. I'm staying with you. Again, the crowd. They were utterly dismayed that Jesus would not only meet look notice Zacchaeus, but then that he would invite himself and have lunch with a person like Zacchaeus. Who do you identify with? Do you identify with Zacchaeus? Or maybe you're one of the crowd. Well, let's look what happens when these two men encounter Jesus, the blind beggar. He says to Jesus, Lord, I, I want to see, I want to I recover my sight. And Jesus meets his need and, and heals him physically. Jesus says, receive your sight, your faith has healed you. And the beggar opens his eyes for the first time, and Luke tells us that he becomes a follower of Jesus. He followed Jesus. What does that actually mean? Well, it probably means that he left behind the security, the only security he actually knew of his begging, the only, only means of income that he had. To become a follower of Jesus meant, probably meant that he took up a life of discipleship. It most likely meant that he followed Jesus well, I mean, where Jesus was ultimately going, it was the eve of the Passover. He's going to Jerusalem. He's going to the cross. So this man takes up a life of discipleship. What about Zacchaeus? What is, what can we, how did Jesus enc- uh, encounter Zacchaeus? Well, they had lunch. Okay, they probably had a, had a great banquet, a meal. Zac- Zacchaeus probably put on a great spread. For Jesus, I could imagine. What was said at lunch? Well, we don't actually know. But if you could imagine the meal, Zacchaeus and Jesus, what would have been said? Who would have done most of the talking? Would would Jesus have uh, told Zacchaeus all about God? Would he have told him all about conversion and prayer and and, and Christian ethics? Would would he have been the great inexhaustible fountain of wisdom for Zacchaeus? Or is it possible that, Z, that Zacchaeus was the focus? Jesus might have made Zacchaeus the agenda. He might have asked questions like Zacchaeus, tell me about your life. How did you get so rich? Tell me about your friends. How do you and your wife get on? Tell me about all your children. Well, we don't have a record of what was said, but I have a feeling that when Zacchaeus was in the presence of Jesus, that he would have been the agenda of Jesus' love. Because whatever was said, Zacchaeus' transformation is stunning. Zacchaeus too became a follower of Jesus. Zacchaeus went cold turkey like an addict who gives up drugs or alcohol without any withdrawals, in an instant, he gives up his, his money, his old lifestyle, and he repents, and his life takes a total change of direction. He says, I'm going to pay back everything I've defrauded fourfold, and I'm going to give, half away, give away half of my goods. And then Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. And this word, salvation, it actually links these two stories together in a pretty neat way. You see, the, the word salvation in Greek, it's the same word that Luke uses for the healing of the blind man. The same word. So where it refers to physical healing, it can also refer to a spiritual healing. So these two stories of salvation, one's primarily, primarily physical on the surface and one's primarily spiritual or inward but i think in a deeper way both men were healed and and both men were saved you see true healing and salvation results in both of these men's eyes being open to who jesus is and true healing and salvation results in both of these men becoming followers and disciples of jesus And Jesus does something amazing to Zacchaeus. In front of the grumbling crowd, he, he actually restores Zacchaeus' Abrahamic birthright. He says he, he is a child of Abraham because of his repentance. And then we get this beautiful picture of who Jesus is, the good shepherd. He says he's the son of man, came to save those who are lost. You see, God's mission Is primarily concerned with those who are in desperate need, those who who are lost, both the oppressed and the oppressor. And we see it fully realized in these two stories. In the ministry of Jesus, we see the full spectrum of his ministry. So what do these encounters mean for us today? What are these two encounters of Jesus? What can we learn from them? Well, I want to ask you those questions. Who do you identify with? Maybe it's the blind beggar. Maybe life has life has dealt you a tough hand. Maybe you feel stuck and, there, and there's no way out. Maybe from a physical illness. Maybe you've been born into a, an oppressive or abusive family. Maybe you've been taken advantage of. And, and you've done all you can in this life to survive. And you might feel others looking down on you. And may, maybe you feel resentful or jealous or angry at God. Maybe you have no hope. If that's you, you can learn something from the blind man today. The blind man, he's... He seized the moment. He took advantage of the moment as Jesus passed by. I want to encourage you that Jesus is passing by our lives. And and this is the moment right now where we need to do something extraordinary. We need to cry out to Jesus in faith. If we don't seize it, we might miss something extraordinary in our lives. Jesus says to us, you can leave behind that old life. You can move on and have a new life forever with Christ. You can leave our resentments. We can leave our jealousies, our hatreds, our angers, all those ugly and bad thoughts about life. We can leave all those things there. No questions asked. And follow Jesus. And when we cry out to Jesus in, in faith, when we do cry out to him, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus will stop. Jesus will open your eyes to see life in a new way, to see him for who he really is as the savior of the world. The one who makes all things new. And then he opens our hearts To receive an unconditional love that maybe you've never had. Which gives you a new sense of dignity, a new sense of purpose. A a deep joy and a peace that any circumstance in life cannot take away. So if if you resonate today with the blind beggar. The message is simple call out to him today. But maybe you're a scoundrel like Zacchaeus. Maybe you're ambitious, you're self focused, you're arrogant, you're ruthless. Maybe you're highly successful, but you've sacrificed your friends and your family. But now you sense the meaninglessness of it all and you feel lost and stuck. Jesus talks again and again about the pursuit of wealth. And, and last week, Andrew talked about the rich man. When the rich man asked Jesus about what made salvation possible, Jesus says, you've got to sell everything. But maybe you're not rich like Zacchaeus. But maybe you've oppressed and you've abused others like he did. And maybe because of the sin that you've committed, others consider you the worst of sinners or maybe you consider yourself to be the worst of sinners. Maybe you think you've forfeited your right to be a part of God's people. If you identify with Zacchaeus, what what can we learn from him? Well, I think Firstly, we can learn it's never too late. It's never too late to reach out to Jesus. You're never too far gone to reach out to Christ. Maybe in the eyes of the world you are, but not to Jesus. If we think about Zacchaeus, in what ways might God be looking for a similar response for you today? Again, Jesus is passing by. Are you ready to have a meal with him? Are you ready to, be, to hear what he might have to say to you? Are you ready to be the agenda of perfect love? Are you ready to open your house to Jesus like Zacchaeus was and leave behind that, that life and follow him? Thirdly, maybe you're one of the crowd. Let me ask you a question. Who who are the people in in the world that you look as gospel outcasts, like the blind beggar? Or who do you view to be like Zacchaeus? Who do you view to be the worst of sinners? Just, Just imagine with me. Jesus comes to Melbourne. Okay? He comes to Melbourne like he did... Jericho, who would be on the side of the road? Who would be climbing up the tree? Could you imagine that Dan Andrews is up the tree looking at Jesus? I'm sure Jesus would love to have a meal with Dan and make him the agenda of perfect love. Maybe you're one of the crowd. Maybe you, you, you're just interested in, in what you can get from Jesus. Maybe you treat Jesus more like a lottery ticket. Maybe you want your life to be secure. And those people need to sort of go to the sides. Well, if you're one of the crowd, I'd say you're just as lost as those other two. And you're just in need as much saving as the other two. And you, your eyes need to be open to your own condition as much as the other two. Friends, as I conclude, I'm just going to invite the musicians back up. Jesus was all about finding lost people. People. Who, thought, who society thought were unworthy of his attention. Whether oppressed or an oppressor, he's not concerned with the worldly status. He's not interested in what people think. He's only interested in who's lost. That's his mission. The Son of Man came to save those who are lost. So if you're lost today, I encourage you to reach out to him. And, and we see this in his life. He calls Levi... Another tax collector whose life was radically transformed, he he went on to write the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus taught all about lost things. He taught about the lost sheep. He taught a parable about the lost coin and probably his most famous parable, the prodigal son or the lost son. In, In all of these stories, this Lostness and being found is always associated with great joy. There's great joy when one is found. In the lost coin or in the lost sheep, Jesus says, God rejoices over sinners that return to Him. In the lost coin, Jesus says, there is great rejoicing in the presence of angels when one sinner repents. And in the prodigal son, the son says, I'm not worthy. But the father kisses him and embraces him and gives him a robe puts a ring on his finger, gives him shoes and throws him a massive party. There's just great joy when that lost son is found. So if you're lost today, if you're oppressed or if you're the worst of sinners, there will be great joy when you return to your heavenly father. Not only that, you will have great joy Think about the joy of the blind man. What did he do? He jumped and he and he leapt and he sang praises to God because he'd been found, he'd been healed, he'd been saved. Think about Zacchaeus, the, the joy he had that he was so free, that he was able and willing to give up all those possessions, so much joy that he found in Jesus. He knew that God rejoiced in him and he rejoiced that he'd been found. Myself, I can relate to these stories. I I was lost and was found by God. I identify with both Zacchaeus and the blind man. I, I was both horrendously oppressed and abused by, by life circumstances and, and people. And as so often what happens, I became the very thing. I became an oppressor and abusive. I became the worst of sinners. But I cried out to Jesus and and like the blind man he opened my eyes and like Zacchaeus my life has been radically transformed and this gives me a deep joy my encouragement to you today is simple reach out to Jesus whether you're An oppressor, whether you're oppressed or whether you're one of the crowd, he won't pass you by. Because, as he says, he came to save those who are lost. Let me pray. Jesus we reach out to you today you know every heart and mind and you know everyone's life circumstances Lord Lord I pray that you would help us see who you really are and to reach out to you I pray Lord that those that are lost would be found. And the Lord, that you would give us a great joy in that knowledge. And Lord, we pray that you would be glorified in all of these things. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church,